You are listening to John DeYard's Life Spa, your premier source for health news in Ayurveda, where modern science meets ancient wisdom. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. John DeYard, and welcome to the Life Spa podcast. And today we have a really amazing guest. He's one of the uh, foremost experts in Vastu, which is Vedic architecture, sacred architecture, Ayurvedic feng shui. It's the idea that how you build your house, how you design your house, based on the energy of the earth. And, and uh, it's just a, an amazing, amazing science with lots of Vedic science, with lots of modern science behind it. So it's gonna be really exciting. So, yeah, so our guest is Michael Mastro. He's practicing Vedic uh, architecture or Vastu for 50 years, over 50 years. He's the foremost expert. He's written three books on the subject. He's literally designed, you know, Vedic architectural buildings for Microsoft and Boeing, which is like amazing. So their buildings are like energetically perfect, which is amazing. He designs a couple of houses with Vedic architecture a, a year. Um, he also these days spends most of his time doing rectification for homes and offices. So if your house is messed up and you feel bad energy and doors are in the wrong place and whatever, he can help without having to build and tear down your house and build a new one. You can actually get a rectification from him. His website is Vastu, V-A-S-T-U, creations.com. Uh, Michael, welcome. It's so great to have you here. I just can't believe it's taken so long to get you here. Um, this is such an important topic. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me, John. Yeah, great. So um, maybe the best way to, to start with this is give people like an intro into sure. what Vastu is. And then, you know, and I think the part that really, you know, obviously it's nice to go find that perfect house, which is aligned just perfectly with the east or east facing entrances and all that. But there's but there's ways that people can start to, you know, make adjustments. So I think we can make open the door and we'll kind of dive into the details here. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So Vastu means building and Shastra means science. It is the science of building. And in essence, it's designing in harmony with nature. So from Aryaveda, uh, we, we're trying to balance the five elements in the physical body. When the, the five elements are out of balance, earth, water, fire, air, and space, we feel some dis-ease in the body. And so this creates some stress that can affect you know, different parts of the body, different types of illness. And our residence, our office is the body of our body. So it is made of the same five elements that our body's made of. And many of your listeners may have walked into a house or an office and felt uneasy for some reason. And that's because one or more of those five elements is out of balance. So in Vastu, what we aim to do is design in harmony with nature with all those five elements in perfect balance. Now, if they are out of balance, then we look to see where energy is getting stuck in a, in a rest residence or an office and to restore the balance of the five elements by getting that stuck energy to start moving again. Just like in your physical body, you, have, you go to somebody who understands how energy flows in the body, like a chiropractor, you get a massage or marma treatment or uh, acupuncture. They know how that energy is flowing. And if a marma point or a meridian is blocked for some reason, they create some pressure there with an acupuncture needle. 
and they get that stuck energy to start moving again. So you feel less pain, less, more energy. Same thing we do with a, with a residence. We locate that energy that's stuck and utilize Vastu technology to get that energy to start moving again. You could say it's similar to feng shui in a way that feng shui aims to get energy that's stuck to start moving again. It's just done differently in Vastu. And Vastu is the mother of feng shui. Um, Vastu is said to be seven to 10,000 years old and feng shui is uh, about 2,500 years old. About 2,500 years ago, the uh, Buddhist monks took the knowledge of Vastu over the mountains from India, India to China and it became adapted to the social and climatic conditions of the time and became known as feng shui. Hmm. Is that Bodhidharma who took that over or, or who did that? Yes, yes. Okay. So one of the things that I think is interesting when you take the, take the human body, you know, this is the north, right? Then there's the south, which is our intestines. And then the east would be what are um well the east would be the, the that would be this no that's the west would be the stomach right yes right and the east would be sort of the liver gallbladder side right correct so so a lot of the vasculae where your house should fit should sort of fit that like on the on the you know on the west side particularly maybe the southwest side would be more where the kitchen would be that kind of thing right and the north would be where you would think and do more library kind of things can you kind of help people um, organize their house in terms of how it should be from the from the body? Because we can always remember that, right? Because you have to memorize, oh, the north is for this, the east is for that, the west is for that. But if you just think, oh, this is my body. Well, this is, this is over here, so it does this functions, therefore my house should do the same thing. That's a thing, right? Yes, it's, it is about aligning your, your physical body and your environment to the forces of nature, the positive solar energy that comes from the east and the magnetic energy that comes from the north. And these two forces of nature set up an electromagnetic grid system that covers the surface of the earth. And it's like longitudinal and latitudinal lines. So if you're aligning your physical body and your residence or, or office to those longitudinal and latitudinal lines, you're getting the support of nature in everything you do. So that's what we mean when we say that Vastu is building or designing in harmony with nature. So exactly what you're saying is the north is the positive polarity in the body and the feet are the negative polarity. So, so just like a Vastu tip is we spend a lot of time um, every day sleeping and so the direction you sleep has a lot to do with the quality of the sleep that you get, whether you feel rested when you wake up or not. And one of the most very simple things that we look at in Vastu is never sleep with your head to the north because what, what happens is positive magnetic energy comes from the north and the positive polarities in our head. So if we are sleeping with our headboard on a north wall, then we're creating a repulsion in the body. It, it, it creates, sets up, you know, this, this repulsion in the digestion and that circulation. And um, so you're not ending up getting a deep rest. Whereas so, if you sleep so, any so other be, direction, it's good. So to make it clear, you're saying you have positive energy coming from the north. This is the positive pole. So the two potters are repel. 
Exactly, exactly. Okay, so that's why in, you don't want to do direction, it. But north, northeast, or northwest um, is, is a good direction to sleep. And okay. in fact, they've done studies in hospitals with patients recovering with some similar from similar surgeries. Um, half of the patients are set up with their headboards to the north and half to the south. And they find that the patients with their headboard to the south are recovering more quickly with less uh, complications. They're having more REM state and more REM cycles and longer REM cycles than the patients with their headboards to the north. So in fact, so the south is the is so would south therefore be the best for people who are having recovering from surgery or having a lot of health challenges. South is very good because it completes that magnetic cycle. But east and west are also okay. Southwest, southeast, uh, east or west or south, all, all are good directions to sleep. Now, is there? I mean, I said it's like. Full blown south is going to give you the, like it's going to pull that energy in, I would guess, right? So it's going to pull, and that would be the best for healing. Yes. Is the west better for certain things and the east better for certain things, or they're just all okay? So up until the age of 12, let's say, the body is in a growth pattern. So east is particularly good for young children. It's, it's expanding the, the mind and the knowledge and the spiritual and the physical growth. And then when we're concerned more about re releasing stress at night than growth, then south or, or west would be better. So when we say that again, could you, I'm sorry, I'm taking notes because it's so interesting, sure, sorry. Sure, yeah, up until the age of 12, we're yeah. in a growth pattern. Right. And so east, east, that solar energy from the east is is helping the body grow spiritually, yeah. mentally, you know, um, physically. And so that that is a good direction. And then after the age of 12, then we get to be more concerned about releasing stress at night rather than the growth part. And so south or or southwest or west would be uh, slightly better. East, but but. You know, if you, there's a lot of people I go in their homes and they can't, the only place for the bed to be is on a north wall because there's closets or bathrooms in the other directions. So what we do is we say, just throw the pillow on the other end of the bed, try it for a couple of weeks, see if you don't wake up more refreshed. And 99% of the time people do. Wow. So, and then the other thing that, that you know is is we looked at look at is I work with Intel, Amazon, Microsoft, um, Oracle, and we want to help people be more productive at work. And you know, these companies, why are they interested in Vastu? They want to be on the cutting edge to keep their their um, uh, the people working for them to be most productive. So the direction you face while your work is also important. And so what we found is the uh, uh, workers who are facing north or east are producing more of an alpha rhythm and the, the people that face south or west are produce more of a beta rhythm. So they, the beta rhythm is the peaks and valleys. They're not being as productive. They're not being as focused as the, the the workers who are facing north or east. They're getting that, 
that alpha rhythm, that solar or magnetic energy. Another part of, of these studies that, that have been done on, on kids that are similar IQ and studying the same materials and taking the same tests shows that the kids that face north do better on the math or the analytical part of the test and the kids that face east do better on that creative part of the test. Something about that solar energy from the east supports that, that right brain creative aspect and something about that magnetic energy from the north supports the left brain analytical part of our brains. So if you're facing the south and the west, anything good about that? No, it's you, you, the concentration is less, the focus is less, is, the mind is, you know, uh, just not able to be as productive. Okay, so what if you're stuck in an office and that's where you have to be? What are the fixes? So there, there are, there are always rem remedies for everything. Just like in Ayurveda, you'll find, you know, the different remedies. So there are specific yantras, which is a physical representation of a mantra or a sound that can replicate, you know, the, the uh, deficiencies in different directions, facing the wrong direction, sleeping the wrong direction, um, you know, things that are not right per Vastu. Now you did ask about the functions of the house, uh, um, according to, um, you know, the different directions that the body has. Yeah. You see in many, uh, you'll see the Vastu Purusha, which is the soul of the house, positioned in a specific way in the house with the head in the Northeast and the feet in the Southwest and you know, the knees and arms uh, in the southeast and northwest. So the functions of the house, uh, northeast is, is called Ishanya, that's God's corner. That's where, you know, the puja, um, you know, the, that, that the meditation, you know, is particularly good. The prayers are very powerful if you're facing east in the northeast part of the house. And the southeast is Agni. So this is all about the elements. So northeast is water, water element, and that's spiritual or material growth part of the house. And then the southeast is Agni. So that's great place for the kitchen, you know, um, purification. And northwest and southeast, northwest is air. So air part of the house is friendly with the fire. So you could also have kitchen or stove in the, in the Northwest. Southwest is the grounding, that's the earth element. And so that's particularly a good part of the house for the, the owner of the house to sleep in the South direction in the Southwest part of the house. So each part of the house has particularly good functions. You can also look at the Ayurvedic dosha types to see where it's good, better to spend more part, more of the time according to your dosha types. See if you're, if you are primarily pitta, pitta vata, then you wouldn't want to spend a lot of time in the southeast or the northwest, and want to be more grounded, sleeping in the southwest or maybe office in the southwest, etc. Wow. So. So, um, so in, according to the body, the kitchen goes in the southeast, right? Yes. Right, and on the and then the and the southwest 
would be, that's the liver, right, on the body yeah. and the gallbladder and all that. And so, yeah. so what would that be? Uh, and it's like if you can see a position of the body laying down, you know, the, the Savasana Purusha, yeah. the head yeah. is in the northeast, the feet are in the southwest, and then the, the elbows and the knees are in the south, southeast and northwest. And then so, you could look at you could look at the different uh, organs in the body as well. So that makes sense that that then you would have like south southeast would be the kitchen and it would be sort of northwest would be that would be where the liver would be and yeah. northwest you said was we well, could put a stove there that's just another energy center like the liver. Yes. You could uh, fire and air are friendly, so you could also have a stove there. Now, typically, the, the, to further break down the functions of the house, the Northwest being air, things move very quickly. So in, uh, the guests are normally put in the Northwest part of the house because you don't want them to stay long periods of time. If you have a daughter that's not getting married, you have her sleep there. So, or she's, or she's uh, wanting to become pregnant. So things, again, moving more quickly in the Northwest part. I see. So like our, one of our kids that uh, lived in the Northwest, he, he left, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He left the house pretty early. He, went, he was independent and wanted to go do his thing and he's doing his thing, which is kind of sure. pretty sure. cool. You also mentioned that the, that the, uh, the North, um, was it East? Which is where the spiritual center is, yes. but also where the where the where the money is. True, is that is that is that right? Yeah, so material the, things. Yes, yeah, so spiritual and material growth are associated with the water element, and so the positive confluence of the solar and the magnetic energy come through that northeast corner of the house, and and then those energies split and move around and settle in the southwest to benefit people living or working in that environment. And if in Vastu, there are about seven different ways energy can get stuck. And one of them has to do with the shape of the house. So modern architects, you know, like to create these, you know, missing corners and extension, the garage sticks out, etc. So if in a rectangular shape, that energy is flowing very uniformly, no energy is getting stuck. When you have these missing corners or extensions, some of that energy gets stuck on its way to the southwest corner and depending on where it gets stuck it has some influence on the bot on the family or the business so northeast if you have energy gets getting stuck there because of a missing corner or maybe a fire element like a stove a furnace electrical panel that's fire reducing water energy is getting stuck or a missing corner some energy is getting stuck that would affect the finances then if in the southeast, you have some missing corner there or a, a big water element like a fountain or a toilet or a, a, a swimming pool or something like that. Water reducing fire is going to affect the health, the energy level. In the northwest, if you have a missing corner or some energy getting stuck there, that's the air element. Air affects our mind, our emotions, and our thinking and our actions and our speech so ultimately some stress in the relationships occur 
Likewise, in the Southwest, missing corner or a water or a fire element there reduces the earth element. And the Southwest has to do with earth, how we support our, our bodies, our physical structure, our back, our spine, and how we support our family, our career, our life purpose, our dharma, why we came here. So any energy that gets stuck in the Southwest is going to affect our, the progress of our career. I thought it was really neat how you said like the energy comes from the Northeast and it goes around the body and it heads towards the South. And that's obviously, Southwest. and that energy has to come through and it has to leave just like in it. So that those blocks are like being constipated in a way, right? For your body. Exactly. Also, Southwest is associated. Yeah, we talked about this on Dr. Ross. So oh, Southwest could be also associated with constipation because exact, exactly that's that's where the energy would would leave. And if energy is not contained, like you have a lots of maybe you have a door or lots of windows or openings in the Southwest, then that spot a uh, positive energy will leak out the finances will leak out and become unwanted expenses so houses are designed or buildings are designed to have more openings in the north and the east and less in the south and the west for that reason oh okay so if you have doors in the south west then we would want to leak. set up an energy barrier you can use that door, but we want to keep that positive solar and magnetic energy from leaking out and becoming expenses. So how do you do that? Likewise, a lot of um, apartments are blocked in the Northeast. So there's no doors or, you know, because there's another unit there or, you know, not, not a lot of windows for some reason then we need to utilize these yantras or physical representation of mantra or sound to attract that missing solar or magnetic energy, that prosperity. I see, I see, because that'll actually capture it. Yes. Because a lot of houses are built with, particularly in the north, right? They're gonna build with Southern exposure, more windows exactly. on the south, more doors on the south, because you wanna go out to the south deck in the winter yeah. and be warm. Yes. So that's a real common issue for you then, isn't it? Exactly. And, and it's so easy to correct because everything is made of energy, those five elements. And so if we can manipulate that energy at a very subtle level, just the way you do through pranayama, and through meditation, utilizing a mantra to take you deep inside yeah. to, to reduce that stress. This is exactly what we're doing in Vastu. We're utilizing these yantras, just like acupuncture needles, to move that stuck energy and, or set up these energy barriers or attract energy that's blocked for some reason. Are there different yantras for different imbalances, like a Sri yantra? Would that work for everything or how does that work? So there are hundreds of yantras used in Vastu. Sri Yantra would be one of them. Um, but it, and it does work for a lot of different things, particularly in the Northeast to track that positive uh, solar magnetic prosperous energy. But right. many other yantras are used. And the, the yantras in, that are used in Vastu are primarily set up, you may have seen yantras with a, um, magic square, nine equal squares with a Sanskrit number in each square that adds up diagonally, horizontally, and vertically to a specific coefficient of 
energy that will move that stuck energy depending on what it happens to be. If there's a toilet in the wrong place or there's a stove in the wrong place or the, the shape is out of balance for some reason. These mantras mm. are balancing earth, water, fair, air, and space and moving stuck energy. Right. So we have like a big fireplace in the, on the northeast side of the house. We could put a big yantra on top of the fireplace and that would help bring that energy because I would imagine all the brick blocks it. Does that happen or no? Yes, yes, yes. So a fireplace is a pretty heavy thing. Anything yeah. that's heavy in the northeast um, is going to block that that prosper, prosperous and, and spiritual energy. So, um, you know, one of the big things in Vastu is, is uh, you know, east-facing entrances. And, you know, back in the old days, um, you know, anybody who had a southern-facing entrance was pretty screwed, um, yeah. you know, and you had to have an east-facing entrance. I mean, when I was... Uh, working in uh, Massachusetts with Deepak at yes. one of the Ayurvedic centers there. We had this beautiful west facing entrance that was grand. It was like an old mansion and it was just beautiful drive, circular drive and beautiful. And once the Vastu information came out, they literally closed and, and everybody for the rest of that had to drive around to the back by the, you know, where the service entrance was and everybody the guests which were really like high-end you know movie stars would come to our sure. clinic years ago and they have to walk basically through the service entrance to get into the building that was the fix i i i would imagine there's got to be a better fix but let's talk about let's talk about um you know east facing and how do you mitigate that and what, what are the ins and outs of that so so i'm really glad that you brought up brought that up because um my my belief of Vastu is it's it's something that we utilize to improve the quality of our life and when you do something in very impractical like board up the the main entrance to the house and you'll you'll see this different parts of the world in India a lot somebody's come and said you can't use this entrance or you have to cook in a bedroom because it's not in the right place or, you know, these yeah. things create more stress. We're trying to reduce stress. Right, yeah. And so again, it's all about energy. And there again, there's so many ways to manipulate that energy at a subtle level rather than a gross level of boarding up a door that's the main entrance to a house. And, you know, a, a quarter of the houses on the planet face south, a quarter face west, quarter face north and face east. So you can't just can't just say that you know half of the houses on the planet are bad and you should leave those houses and yeah that that's that's really a misnomer and I feel that it's a detriment to you know people learning about Boston. But it is a thing that you if you how you enter the house now maybe your garage door might face south but if you drove but if you go into the house through the east facing then it's a little bit better right. Isn't that a yes. thing? Yes. And, and it's just like I was saying before, the thing about a south entrance is it's going to leak a lot of energies, physical, uh, you know, uh, healing energy and material, you know, financial energy. So again, just setting up the energy barriers and, uh, you know, utilize, utilizing Yantra in the Northeast to track that um, blocked or missing energy is very simple fix. 
Very and the, the energy barriers to block from the south, because I think everybody's got a house that's got some southern facing leak. Exactly, exactly. Especially, like you say, in the northern hemisphere, we have to have that solar energy from the south, you know, to right. help heat the house and give us light, etc. So this, when I'm talking about blocking, I'm not saying closing up your windows or putting heavy drapes, although there are people that recommend such a thing. I'm just saying, energetically set up some energy barriers that means you can still use the windows and the doors on the south or the west side but we keep that prosperity from leaking out energy like in feng shui they would put a mirror there so everything gets bounced back is is that a thing in in vasta or is it always just yantras it's just yantras because again the the difference between feng shui and vasta is they're using more material kind of things like flutes and crystals and mirrors and things when we're using that very subtle energy of a, of a yantra because it is all an energy and uh, yeah that's the big difference now a lot of schools of feng shui are built on the bagua and that means it's not about directions it's about how you enter a space and then the right corner becomes relationships and left corner becomes finances etc Vastu is all about the directions, northeast, water, southeast, fire, southwest, earth, northwest, air. And those directions, the center is the space or the ether element. And so, yeah, so it's all about the directions and balancing those five elements so that there, you know, people feel harmony, more harmony in the house, better health, better finances, et cetera. Mm. But what about that in the relationships yeah so what about like in vasu what is it called in the middle the the, the uh the, the space in the middle brahmastana yeah yeah brahmastana yeah, yeah, yeah. awareness yeah so let's talk about that and how do you fix a how do you create a brahmastana if you have a big staircase in the middle of your house you know how do you what do you do there i actually design how <clears throat> staircase not right in the very very center but around the brahmastana because that opens up this the first floor and the second floor so that you have that movement uh that energy good energy flow in the house with a little skylight or something in the very center to bring in that celestial energy and move it around the house but yeah a lot of modern houses have heavy staircases right in the center with a toilet or a powder room right underneath it and it's and, or a central furnace all of those things would be heavy weights in the very, very center and reduce that space element. So earth, water, fire, and air come out of the space element. They are the mother of the four, other four elements. So if you have this um, dosha, you could say imbalance in the very center, it's going to affect every area of your life, your relationships, your health, your finances, and your career. And there are easy things because again, it's all energy. So to be clear for folks, the the the, uh, the Brahmastan is a is a open space, yes. generally in the middle of your house, yes. where the energy would go around it, right? And and it'd be good to have a vaulted ceiling there or right. access to the upstairs. Everything moves from that spot, right? Correct. Hmm. And and um, is the antra fixed for that too? If you don't have it, or do you put like a yeah. fountain there or something, or what do you do? Exactly. No, uh, 
you know, it, it, the center of the house is, you know, there's, there are people that recommend fountains or something, but it's basically empty space. You don't want anything there so the energy can circulate. And you'll see houses around the world, Bali and India and different places where they'll have an open courtyard in the center. In, in, you know, in the old times, they would have that instead of, you know, now we have these two-story houses with a skylight or a cupola on top to circulate the energy. But, you know, in the past, um, you know, and, and I designed, you know, lots of office buildings with the central open courtyard, uh, open area, atrium, you know, so that energy can circulate. Hmm. Yeah, no, that, that does make sense. And obviously, you know, then you have some outdoor space that's protected from the wind too, right? Yes, yes. So that's a gathering point basically for people and energies and to move that energy around. And everybody, you know, all the bedrooms and things would be facing that. Now you see some houses in Texas, which I have to rectify, they'll have a swimming pool in the center. Again, that's not a great idea. Not a great idea to have a fountain there. We just want empty space. Right. Is there a good place for a fountain? Is a fountain a good place for like in the south where it's where that's bad? No, in this in the northeast. That's your water element. So even just a little tabletop fountain in the northeast will help circulate that financial prosperous energy. Oh, okay. I see. So you can support these elements very easily by, you know, more on a gross level without the yantras, um, but not as as profoundly as with the yantra, utilizing, you know, a Himalayan salt lamp in the southeast or a plant in the southwest or some chimes or something like that in the northwest and, and a fountain in the northeast. So the chimes, because it's air, yes. would be better in the northwest. Yes. A plant in the southwest, because that's the fire. That's earth. I'm sorry, the earth, that's right, the earth. And that's yeah. obviously the earth. Southeast, I like a Himalayan salt lamp. That's more like fire. Or a fireplace. Or a fireplace. Or a, oven, or a candle. Electrical panel or a furnace, etc. I see. So there's also this thing where, like, um, I mean, it's pretty crazy. We had, I mean, this is, I don't want to say this in a negative way, but when we first moved here to Colorado, well, not the first, we eventually got a house that, we had a we had a Sapachavade Vastu expert come and they said, oh, it's a perfect east facing entrance. Everything was beautiful, beautiful. And it was great. We had a great experience, except, you know, we had a like Ayurveda clinic burned to the ground. I was sued for $13 million. Sort yeah. of was a bummer. I mean, in the end of the day, it was a beautiful experience. And I don't mean it was a bad thing, but that was our that was our uh, east facing house, you know, perfect Vastu. Then we ended up moving here. We are now and it's um, south facing entrances I mean, you walk in the garage doors south facing front door south facing and we entered it to the east um um we're kind of on a hill and it goes down to the south you know so okay. sure. i think all that's probably bad you know yet it's been nothing but wonderful for us and one guy said well because you're a doctor having south facing would be good for you because that's what you're doing you're doing a lot of healing is that is that a thing not so much, but but you did mention something so so a lot of houses i design it but maybe they're south the you know the the street is on the south side we do exactly what you just said so you come in the garage and then you enter the house from the garage on in the east so 
Uh, and and many houses, you know, townhouses where there's two entrances, the garage side or the front door side, you can you can utilize you know the the practical things about your house about how you enter to bring in that prosperous energy. But exactly what you said, that would be a contributing factor factor that you know things have been great in this house, and it may have a lot of other positive as attributes as well. Right. But it doesn't, does it, and does it matter about your Jyotish, your, your, you know, exactly. your. It's not so much. So, you know, there are schools of thought that, you know, depending on if you're Capricorn, then you should enter from the, you know, certain direction, et cetera. Generally, you know, East or North is going to be good for everyone. And, uh, and South and West can be good if it's mitigated, you know, uh, with, the yantras or like you said you come in the garage and then you enter uh, through an east door into the rest of the house right right so what else do we need to know about vastu like what's what what do people need to know to, to take away that you know that we haven't talked about so the other thing that's common to feng shui and vastu is things that aren't organized clutter so depending oh. on where you have, you know, like if you're having some health issues, look in the southeast part of the house and see, is there a closet or is there a garage or something that can be a little bit more organized? If you're having, you're stuck in your career, look in the southwest, see what could be better organized there. Maybe it's a drawer. And then in the northwest, stress in the relationship, look there, see things that need to be more organized, etc. Like in the northeast, if you're having financial issues, you know, can you add a fountain? Can you, can you organize something that's better there? These are, you know, some very simple things that can, anyone can do. Um, but beyond that, you know, if there's a toilet in the wrong place or the shape is not right, or I think other things we've talked about, by, about leaking expenses or blocked uh, prosperity, a Vastu consultant can help um, mitigate uh, those doshas or imbalances in the house. And, you know, there's really what I've found with my clients over the years, there's really three things that affect us, our, our ability to be productive and successful and healthy. One is whatever you can do to reduce the physical or mental stress through all the amazing techniques that you have come out with and, and through Deepak, I work for the Chopra Center as well. Um, uh, you know, these amazing, you know, pranayamas and, and uh, cleanses and Ayurvedic uh, techniques to reduce the stress in the mind and the body meditation. And then uh, the next 30% is the environmental stress. That can be done through Vastu, and then the last thing is planetary stress through the Jyotish. And you mentioned Jyotish. That's also going to have an effect. And so what I feel strongly and uh, is that it's good for us to look at a, in a holistic way at whatever kind of issues that someone is having, not just treat them from an Ayurvedic standpoint, but also look at their Jyotish, look at their Vastu, and see if we can't um, give some, some balancing factors to all three. Because I have a lot of Ayurvedic patients that come, with, come to me and they're still having issues. Or, um, you know, and, and as well as Jyotish, um, uh, 
you know, they've, they've done some remedies, but they're still having some issues. So if we can look at it from that, these amazing sister sciences that the Vedas gave us um, in the past, you know, the kings and royalty and, you know, people uh, were looking at all three angles to any situation in a holistic way. Yeah, no, I think it's, 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 it's great. I mean, because there are, I've written some articles about the science of just the, the movement of Saturn and the movement of Jupiter. And I've actually been shown to have a powerful effect on us scientifically. So it's not just like when you say, oh, astrology, you know, it's a bunch of ooga booga. You know, there's a lot of science behind those planets. I mean, just think of the, you know, what the sun does to us, and what the moon does to us. You know, it turns out that those planetary influences are scientifically documented planets like Jupiter and Saturn, you know, and, and those are gross measurable effects. A lot of the subtle effects you know, that we can't perceive yet or even measure yet, that doesn't mean they don't exist. You know, it's a, I think it's a really important thing to take into consideration. Obviously the body, of course, Ayurveda, bring your body back in balance and then your Vastu internally in the house makes a lot of sense, clean it up, get it organized the very best you can. Buy a lot of yantras. <laughs> uh, but what about the, I'm just kidding. What about the landscape? Like, you know, uh, uh, you know, your, your outer environment, if you have like a hill or a plant or a lake or a septic field, or, you know, what about all that? Like what, what, what is the best way to kind of fix your yards? It's a great time to talk about that. Everybody's got their house doing their yard work these days. Yeah. I mean, when we're designing from scratch, we put the, the bigger trees to the South and the West to, to, you know, um, bring kind of a, a, a physical, you know, barrier so that again, the prosperous energy doesn't leak out and become unwanted expenses. And towards the north and the east, we have the smaller, you know, uh, shrubs and, and plants and Tulsi and things like that. Um, so from a landscaping point, you know, or just like an interior design thing, we want the bigger, heavier things to the south and the west and the lighter, smaller things to the north and the east to not block that you know, positive solar magnetic energy. So yeah, those are the things to look out for. And then, you know, if you can have a fountain in the Northeast part of the to your lot, you know, and, and maybe a rock garden in the Southwest, et cetera, and a barbecue pit or, you know, fire pit in the Southeast or Northwest, those are things you could do from a landscaping point of view. But I love what you were saying earlier. I mean, since, I've been doing this 50 years. I'm also a, a Vedic medical astrologer. So I look at all my clients and I have recorded over the years, every type of illness and how Vastu contributed to that and what planetary issues are contributing to that stress that created that type of illness in the body. And it's so interesting how they're so interconnected, you know, the Vastu, the Ayurveda, and, and, and the Jyotish. It's such a beautiful thing that the Vedas have given us um, to, to look at somebody in a very holistic way and utilize the remedies for all those three areas to help someone. Yeah, it's an incredible science, you know, and it's a science based on you know, such subtle influences. And what I've learned along the way about Ayurveda is the things that are the most subtle are the most powerful. You know, and in our culture, we think 
if it isn't big and strong and loud, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But when you think about things like the microbiome, for example, you can't yeah. see those bugs, but they're governing and running the show. What you think and desire and want for breakfast, lunch, and dinner are coming from their desires. We can't even see them. And of course, Ayurveda talked about them as creamy thousands of years ago as invisible bugs that they couldn't see, but they knew they were there and they knew they were strong. Circadian rhythms, now Nobel, Nobel Prize winning science, you can't see those rhythms, but birds fly south, whales migrate, and now it's also Nobel Prize winning science that we should reset our biological clocks and sync with circadian rhythms of nature. And if we don't, we pay a, we pay a big price for that. And, that's, and those rhythms are inside our home, right? Exactly. And, and part, of, part of what the Vedas talked about is the, under, the, the energies from the earth, the, the underground streams, the underground fault lines, and now more in modern times, we have underground power lines, utilities, gas, sewer, water, storm. And now these EMFs coming from, you know, uh, Musk, uh, Elon Musk has put up, you know, 250 some thousand satellites so that at a certain point, you're not going to need a router in your house anymore. There's no way to get around these electromagnetic frequencies. So we have to learn to adapt and have ways to protect ourselves from these frequencies. And I have a lot of clients, you probably do too, that are very sensitive to these frequencies. It, it affects their immune system. It affects their, their sleep and um, all kinds of different issues that come from that. And these again, like you say, are something you can't see, but they're very powerful. And that's why, like I was saying, you not utilizing gross remedies in Vastu or Jyotish or Ayurveda, the more subtle energy is the way to approach it because it's the most powerful getting at the root of the problem uh, rather than on a more of a gross level. Yeah, you know, there's a... <clears throat> A theory in in the Western medicine called hormesis, which means that it, that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Yes. I just finished writing an article about what are called hormetins. Hormetins are things that actually trigger a, a, a small irritation that would actually respond to make us a little bit stronger. Like turmeric, for example, is a hormetin, and um, at a very small dose. The curcuminoids, particularly, are are their irritants and their their hormetins. And and if you take a little bit of curcumin, which is the extract of turmeric, it has a powerful effect on the body. In fact, the 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 smaller the dose, the more powerful if effect it has. But at a higher dose, it can actually have a negative effect. So, like at a small dose of curcumin, for example. It'll increase stem cell activation at a high dose. It'll block stem cell activation. So nature always didn't give us curcumin, right? In they didn't. There isn't a curcumin pill or a curcumin tree out there. It's the whole turmeric root that has one of three hundred constituents is curcumin. So nature gave us a dose of curcumin that was just in the low dose. That's now science is saying a little bit goes a long way. So subtle you can't even you can't even hardly taste or find the curcumin in, in you know so subtle. But the science is now showing that's the most powerful. And I think that's a magical understanding is we always ignore the subtle, the power of meditation, the power of yoga, the power of breathing, the power of being still and being silent, like having a home like a Vastu, like you said, which is just like such a, 
you know, creating an environment that where you can feel at peace and still your mind, you know, create that Brahmastan inside your own being. So you can, so everything functions from that. You know, I wrote a, a book called Body, Mind, Support years ago about nose breathing versus mouth breathing exercise. We found that when you breathe through your nose, the brain goes into an alpha calm meditative state in the middle of vigorous exercise or vigorous stress. You create that Brahmastan, that eye of the storm inside of you, the bigger the calm, you know, the more powerful the winds, you know. And I, and I, I was just, reminds me of a, my wife and I were up in Estes Park here. It's a national park here in Colorado. Last weekend, we found this incredible trail. We went in this, through this beautiful meadow. We came across about six elk that were just chilling. And we sat with them for about two hours, just sitting there you know, just with our eyes closed, open, watching them, being still. And we watched them for two hours. And these are massive beasts that can run faster, jump higher than any human being could ever do with no training at all. <laughs> and they were just sitting there. They would, they would sit and they would sit down and they would just sit there doing absolutely nothing, chewing like this. <laughs> Perfectly still perfectly content you went with them long enough to feel their contentment you know they were so content just sitting there doing nothing accomplishing everything and i was like that's enlightenment you know like humans like we're like oh man i want to build a fort i want to build this i got to go do I, I never feel like i can just do it and they don't just do that for the two hours we watch them that's what they do you know they just chill and they're so content and you just wonder who's more evolved, you know, like we're trying to accomplish everything. None of us are satisfied. Everybody's depressed. We're killing each other. And they're just sitting there chewing their cud, being completely content. And I was like, that's really the key is, is to, is to, you know, find a, a space in your head where you can be at peace. And I think the Vastu that you're talking about is creating an environment. It doesn't have to be a big old mansion. It doesn't have to be, but it just has to allow the energy to flow to give you permission to be still and be comfortable in that space, in your body, in your, in your mind, Jyotish, in your body, Ayurveda, and in your home, Vastu, right? That's what it's really about. I love that. And, and that's really, really the essence of Vastu. So in in your experience connecting with nature, all five elements are in balance. And that's all we're trying to do in Vastu is, yeah. is create that, that, that experience. And it could be just one room in your home, but, or a closet or <laughs> just some area where you sit in a chair where you're creating that uh, connection to that, that the nature and the five elements being in balance within the body, the Brahmastana, like, you know, the heart of your, your soul, just going inside and connecting with that is, is the most powerful thing that we can do. And uh, I think a lot of us came from different types of meditation where we learned this at an early age, and we're just repeating that throughout our life, trying, you know, being connecting and connect, connecting with nature is a, a very good way to do it. So the Brahmastan and I are in Vastu is obviously the middle of your house, having that space, right? Yes. Um, the Brahmastan in our, in our body, I would imagine, is our heart. Is that yes. true? Yes. What about in Jyotish? What's the Brahmastan in Jyotish? Oh, that's a good question. 
you know, so we, we talk about the chakras, Saturn being the root chakra and uh, Jupiter being the second chakra, the, the water element. Uh, Saturn is the earth element. Mars is the fire element, you know, the navel. And then we have the heart or the lungs or the, you know, the air element being uh, Mercury, uh, excuse me, uh, Venus. And then the, the throat chakra is, is Mercury. And uh, then we have, you know, the, the moon for the mind or the penal chakra and sun could be th thought of as, you know, the crown chakra, or it could be thought of as the space element, the very center. But um, yeah. How about the sun? Every, all the planets revolve around the sun, right? That's what I meant. Yeah, the sun, yeah. it would be, I would say, would be more that space element, which is in the very center that everything is revolving around. And the sun is the heart in, in Jyotish? Uh, Venus is actually the heart. Right. Um, but, you know, beyond those chakras, you know, at the very uh, center of everything, we could say that that sun is, everything is revolving around that, the Brahmastana. Yeah, yeah. In, wow. in Vastu, all the planets line up with different directions too. So oh, Jupiter wow. is that that northeast, that spiritual, you know, uh, confluence of the solar and the magnetic energy. East is the sun, and some people uh, also see the center uh, as the sun as well. And then you have southeast is that Venus energy. South is the Mars energy. Southwest is the nodes of the moon or the node of the moon Rahu. Uh, west would be Saturn, Northwest would be Moon, and North would be Mercury. And so that's part of, you know, when those energies are compromised by some, you know, imbalance, some dosha, we utilize those energies of the planets to correct, you know, a blocked energy or, you know, set up energy barriers to, to keep the prosperity from leaking out. At the <clears throat> So if you're going through a Saturn cycle, for example, and that's in the West, you'd want to then, you know, really make sure you don't have any leaky West windows or something. Yes, part of it, yeah. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, there are people that think, you know, too, you know, like if, if you have an afflicted Venus, then you would definitely want your kitchen to be in order and, you know, and, and having good Boston in your house, et cetera, like that, you know. Things correlate in different ways. Yeah. Wow. Um, absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely fascinating. You know, really, really great. Um, um, so, Michael. Well, first of all, Michael's website is vastucreations.com. Michael, is there anything else you want to just in closing, kind of wrap up and give us any more words of wisdom uh, about Vastu that we should know? I think we pretty much covered it all. I mean, I just encourage your listeners to look at any kind of things and imbalances in their life and look at it from the environment, from the mind and the body, through the Ayurveda and, and look at your chart, get a reading done because your chart is, you know, your path to enlightenment and path to wellness and things like that. So all look at it, things from a holistic way. I think that's the best advice that I've learned from myself and my family and my clients over the years. And uh, the best advice that 
And, and I, I really appreciate people like you who are really bringing that knowledge, you know, to, to make it practical for people to utilize in their lives, like the pranayama, like the meditation, like the Ayurveda, and, and getting the rhythms of your life in, in harmony with nature. You know, you, you just mentioned something that made me think, um, you know, Jyotish, which is the planetary alignments, you go through a cycle and a lot of people say, oh, you're going through a Saturn cycle, you're in big trouble, you're going through this, it's afflicted, you're in big trouble. But really, in reality, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, it's not like you're in big trouble, that nature is providing you with the opportunity to grow. So when you go through a cycle with Saturn, for example, that has to do with delay and you're, you know, you're going to have to just work hard and put your nose to the grindstone and, and get focused and, and then the fruits of your actions will come, but you can't be attached to those fruits of the actions. But that's a growth curve. If you're all about quick fixes and gambling and getting all the quick stuff, that's your lesson. And that's what nature is providing is opportunity to grow. You know, and, and I, I would imagine in Vastu, um, you know, or in health issues in Ayurveda, you, you have a issue with a, you know, a health concern. It's always, we always take it deeper into like, you know, what's the, the, the underlying pattern of emotional behavior that's driving stress into the physiology that's causing this specifically imbalance. And, and, ha and we have to deal with this crazy mind of ours because that imparts a lot of the imbalance that we have physically. And then I guess in Vastu, if your house is a mess and it's energetically blocked, then, you know, then you know, imagine, you know, cleaning and organizing your home, Everybody was just, you know, you go to a hotel room and it's all organized and hotels, it's all pretty and beautiful and you feel so good there. But I guess, you know, then the lesson would be you can make that your home and that would clear your energy and then it give there for you to move through and grow and be more free to do yourself. But a lot of times the mind doesn't want that to happen. The mind likes it the old way. It likes you attached to X, Y or Z. It wants you to go buy new X stuff that you don't really need. You know, the mind's got us addicted to all the things that are outside of us, and then we lose sight of the beautiful things that are inside of us. And that's what this is all really about, is coming to our senses and realizing that, there's, that, is, that everything we really need is quite in, inside of us, like the elk, right? Just sitting there, you know, doing nothing, accomplishing yeah. everything. Chilling. Yeah, yeah I, I love uh, what you just said. And, and the interesting correlation that I've seen through Vastu and uh, the Jyotish is we go, like you say, we go through these planetary cycles. When we're born, all the planets are set up in a certain way in the sky for us to come here in this big school and learn certain lessons to grow, evolve, to open our heart, to have compassion for other people through whatever experiences that these planets help generate in our life. And I've seen time and time again, when we go into different dasha periods, we're attracted to a new apartment, a new house, a new environment that supports whatever growth we need to learn. You know, we go into a moon dasha and then we get a house that has a, a missing northwest corner that's associated with the moon. And so we're learning about, you know, our digestion, we're learning about relationships and, and our emotions and our, you know, mental patterns and things like that they're so interconnected and it's all here for us to grow and evolve and, and, and learn more about ourselves and how to connect with that, you know, that heart energy and that the nature they we true are, are truly are the love that we are. are. So it's, you know, it's, it's so connected and it, it's 
never, I never see Jyotish or Vastu as, you know, some kind of huge negative experience. It's all for our, our growth. And, you know, people come to me and I've had this experience early on in my uh, astrological part of my career is, you know, oh, I'm in Sadi Sat and, but I'm having such a great time in my life, you know, uh, or uh, I'm in a Mars period and a Kuja Dosha and I should be having all these bad experiences, but I'm having good experiences. It's again, how that those planets are aligned in your specific chart that makes certain things happen. So you can't always think of Saturn as being a negative thing, even if it is a negative thing, like you said, it's teaching us patience and discipline and hard work and, and you know, the value of service, because that's always going to be the key remedy in any planetary period your health you're you're in if you can get outside yourself and help other people that's thing that, that's going to balance any planetary stress that you happen to be going through and there are specific type of charities or or uh service things that you can do in different periods that that will help balance whatever doshas there are in your chart hmm. Yeah, it's all opportunity and yeah. the Vedas gave us a map for how to, you know, take advantage of those opportunities. And one of my favorite sayings in closing is, you know, to the extent that something or someone affects you is to the extent that it's your karma action, which is therefore an opportunity for us to take transformational action when something's affecting you, a planetary influence, an indigestion, or, or, you know, a cluttered home, there's opportunity there to, for you to take action. But if you don't take action, literally nothing will happen. And that's what karma really is. It's not like your karma, you have bad karma, so you're in big trouble. It's your, you know, it's not that way. It's just karma is the opportunity for you to take action and free yourself from old, you know, you know, embedded stresses, patterns of behavior that haven't, that aren't, or once maybe serving us, but not any longer. Michael Mastro, the website is vastucreations.com. Michael, it's so great. I love the work you're doing. Uh, people, check out his website. Check out what he's doing. It's amazing. Get a rectification of your home or office, you know, so you can kind of, you know, take advantage of those opportunities. Michael, thanks so much. Thank you so appreciate much, John. Really appreciate okay. the opportunity. You bet. Bye-bye. This recording is brought to you by LifeSpa, where ancient Ayurvedic wisdom meets modern science. Get access to free health video newsletters by Dr. John at LifeSpa.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.